Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Give it to me! Give it to me! Oh, hello. I'm Molly Wood. And I'm Tom Merritt. And welcome to It's a Thing. This is the weekly podcast supported by all of you, and thank you for that, where Tom and I use our patented method. Okay, it's not yet patented. It's patent pending. Pending. Scientific method. Pending our submission of it. Poking our heads out into the sunlight, blinking like the sad little basement moles we are, (laughs) asking our friends what they're into. And then podcasting about it. I, I don't. I wouldn't say it's a job, but I would say it's awesome. It's not a job. It's an adventure. It's an adventure. Uh-huh. There you go. We well, are delighted to be back with you for another week. Because honestly, like this is like the best way to end the week. We both Every have week. a cider in front of us. Yep. You got a cider. What do you got? I got a strong bow. Uh, gold I'm apple. S- you kind of always, ha- I, I have Angry Orchard as usual. I need to branch out, but mm-hmm. I just like go to the Yemeni bodega, buy my Angry Orchard. I like it. And that's that. I mean, yes, yeah, so it's nice to branch out. But on the other hand, stability, also nice. Boom. See, that's, that's, that's the wisdom <laughs> of not very advanced age. <laughs> that's the talking. wisdom of everything's fine. Everything's fine. Whatever you want to do is great. You know why? Because it's Friday afternoon and we're doing It's a Thing. <laughs> That's Boom. right. Um, shall I Shall I begin us today? Is that, do it. Is that cool? Do it. Um, yep. I uh, would like to bring up something that uh, I, I have heard bandied about uh, a little more lately because I've, we've started to see more examples. So it's not the kind of thing, if we were to try to classify it in our menagerie of things, uh, I'd say it's a recurrent thing. And we're seeing mm-hmm. it, you know, pop up its little molehead again. Uh, mm-hmm. It is ghost brands. Okay, what's so that? Ghost brands are brands that were once maybe big, like the most famous ghost brand is Pan American. Pan American Airlines used to be the dominant airline, so mm-hmm. dominant it's in two thousand one a space odyssey because they're like, you know what airline will still be around when we're going into space? Pan American. But then of course <laughs> they were wrong. Uh, and so it's a ghost brand. Uh, there are the return of so many ghost brands. Um, there was one I heard on a uh, on an old time radio commercial. You ever listen to the, the you ever hear those old time like 50s era, 40s era radio shows and they have the commercials in it. Uh, yeah. Bromo Seltzer was what the ad was for. And I was like, oh. whatever happened to Bromo Seltzer? So I look it up. It's available on Amazon. I'm like, what? Are they still around? I look that up. No. <laughs> Bromo Seltzer stopped <laughs> no. being made sometime in the 80s and then just sat around as a ghost brand for several decades until somebody bought it and started selling it, I think, in Japan. And then it caught on enough uh, that they started to offer it in other regions of the world now. So they've they've revived it. Huh. Okay, so I'm trying to think of other things that would fit into this category. Biggest but I guess recent really example I can think of. Tab. Tab is a good one. New Coke. 
I was just going to say New Coke. Yeah. I was going to like think of some other things and then be like, did you hear about New Coke? Oh, my God. Right. Yeah. Ghost brands. Did you know that they were called that? How'd you find that? Uh, when I when I found out about the Bromo Seltzer thing, I was like in the in the write up on Wikipedia about Bromo Seltzer, it was like it was considered what is called a ghost brand. And so then I was like, OK, what's that? And I look it up and it's like these are brands that are famous and Maybe not younger people, but but most people recognize because they were once big, but don't have a product anymore. Uh, there's mm. so, tons of them in technology, right? Commodore Computers was a ghost brand, and then there's been some attempts recently to try to make it less ghostly. I'm not sure how well they're working, but uh, but Atari, Atari is another one that was a it was yeah. a ghost brand for a while. Palm. Yeah, that one's ghosted Remember? right now. That is Palm totally. Came, it's ghosted now for yeah. sure, and then it came back around. It, 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 it was ghosted. It, they tried to bring it back, and then I think it's ghosted us again. I think it's now. Now it's more like uh, Ashes. <laughs> yeah. Ashes brand. That's dead super ghost? interesting, What's a dead though. ghost? That's Palm. No, it, that make, it makes a ton of sense, though, because we've talked so much on the show about the nostalgia economy, basically. Right. And it makes a ton of sense that that would then incorporate these old brands, like in the sort of nothing old is everything old is new again. And uh, the new Coke coming back, if people don't realize, new Coke is back uh, as a partnership with Stranger Things because Stranger Things takes place in mm-hmm. 1985, which is when new Coke came out. So they did a deal with Coca-Cola to, for a limited time, bring back new Coke, which is not new anymore. Uh, and 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 I've, I've seen more of these sorts of things popping up lately so i i feel like yeah yeah like you say it's it's that nostalgia thing like the like the old timey soaps and and stuff like i feel like i I wouldn't be shocked if we start to see old brands that you've never heard of starting to be resurrected because just how cool is that that i bring up this 1800s brand and you know it's got all these assets created around it already i mean that's what i would do that'd be awesome yeah like what is the thing you said brom bromium bromo seltzer bromo i mean it's basically uh alka-seltzer just a right. slightly different formula. Just a slightly. Oh, that should totally come back. Oh, my God. I love it. I did laugh really hard when I saw that new Coke was coming back. And then I explained the whole thing to my son. And he was just like, what? That that doesn't that doesn't make any sense. You're right. I'm like, no, it totally does. <laughs> You're like, well, and it was a different time, son. It was a different time, son. It was way grosser then. Presumably, it's not gross now. Um, you know, well, apparently... The whole problem, this is Brian Brushwood explained it this way because it, it's it's something he read in, in, I don't remember what book, but uh, Coke had changed its formula multiple times and just never told anybody. So they, yeah. this was the time that they decided to make a big deal about it. And because they did, everyone was like, no, I hate it. Fascinating. Yeah, I hate it. It's disgusting. Lakshada in the Discord tells us that uh, Tamagotchi. Is apparently coming back. Oh, that's right. I think I did hear that. Good Which call. Which I did not know. Yeah, that's a really good one. Brookstone. Mm-hmm. Brookstone Josh T. ghosty. Oh, my goodness. Ghost brands. See, we should buy one. Let's yeah, go on much, a quest. Where can you buy a ghost brand? Yeah. I want to buy a ghost. God, I, I have to say that the more we say this, the more it sounds like a William Gibson novel. Like... <laughs> <laughs> well, because of the whole marketing aspect and the pattern yeah. recognition. It's and exactly pattern cool recognition. Like, I knew you would go there. Yep. 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 <laughs> totally. Which, you know, I like to think that we are, in our very own way, the lamest possible real-life incarnation of Case. Case Pollard. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we are the embodiment of as much of Case Pollard as we can stand. 
I want to buy a ghost brand. I definitely do. I love okay, it. Okay. Um, also. Another yeah. reason to back us on Patreon. <laughs> we need to <laughs> buy a ghost true. brand, people. If we get to a thousand patrons. We can't do it without you. By the end of the year, we will buy a ghost brand. Somehow. Tier- Toys R Us is coming back and Sears will shortly be. Oh, my God. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, that's funny because my thing uh, is is a thing that is almost so much a thing that is kind of tired at this point. But it was I was like, it's time to talk about it as a thing on the show because I kept on getting this ad in my Instagram for a 90s experience mm-hmm. here in Oakland. 90s experience pop up museum. And I was like, how have we had this show back for however long it's been, almost a year, and I haven't talked about pop-up museums as a thing? So it's like pop-up restaurants, which are restaurants that just show up in a location that's not being used for anything else, but they're not going to permanently be there, except it's a museum? Yep, it's a museum. And they're basically, they basically only exist for Instagram. Like the ones that have come through San Francisco lately have been Candytopia. Um, There was one called Color World, I think. And it's basically just like you just there was and then there was the Museum of Ice Cream, which started in New York City in 2016. <laughs> that was a pop up museum because it melted. Because it melted. Ha ha ha. See uh, what we did there? Uh, Candytopia cream? was literally just like a bunch of art made out of candy. Okay. I think Museum of Ice Cream is similar. And it really you just go through these rooms. There's like an egg one in New York and you take pictures of neat looking things and then they go away. I wonder and, if the Earth Room was an early version of that. Do you know about the Earth Room? No. When you mentioned New York, it made me think about this. So I'm trying to remember exactly what year. It was mid-2000s, though. Uh, we went to New York, and we were visiting some friends, and our friend Chris, who lived over in Brooklyn, was like, we have to go to the Earth Room, but I won't tell you anything about it. I'm not sure it's still there, but if you want to experience the Earth Room, in case it is, don't listen to what I'm about to say. So he's like, <laughs> you, you go to this location, you, you press the buzzer, and when they answer, you say, I'd like to see the Earth Room, and they let you in. I'm like, and we won't get murdered? Or He's like, no, you won't get murdered. <laughs> <laughs> so we go there's no signage this is a classic new york city hipster situation there's no yeah. signage uh there's no doorman it's just a, a buzzer you know we say hey we'd like to see the earth room they're like yep come on up and you you go up and it's an entire apartment like studio apartment right so it doesn't have a lot of rooms i think it's just one big room filled mm-hmm. with dirt <laughs> really yep <laughs> Okay. Okay. Wow. It's, it's one of those. And you were like, you took my money. No money. There was. No. There was, okay. Well, that's good. They had a jar for donations, but they weren't even pushy about that. They're like, you know, they didn't mention it or anything. It was just sitting there. Um, it and it, it was. It's it's an experience, right? That's that's what I guess. performance art is. Is not about like I filled a room with dirt. It's the surprise of like oh my gosh this is so weird because right. it is weird no one ever fills an entire studio apartment with dirt so you're like wow that's that's a lot of dirt you can put a lot that's, of dirt in an apartment you know that's like, fair that's fair anyway that was a pop-up museum i think <laughs> for sure yeah well it's there is a little bit of gray area between pop-up museum and pop-up experience and mm. i would say yeah, that definitely sounds like yeah. Yeah. yeah that's pop-up ex- and they okay. kind of all are yeah, that's true in the sense that I guess they're not really, you know, they didn't show me multiple kinds of earth. You're right. They're <laughs> ostensibly art, but yeah. they're really just what they really are is Instagram bait. I mean, they mm-hmm. literally exist so that you will pay $40 to walk through a thing 
and Instagram every part of it. And then they take yeah. you, the pictures for you. And so it's been at the, like, arguably last September is kind of when, like, peak pop-up museum was happening. The New York Times wrote about it and was just like, it's a little ridiculous at this point. But they just sort of, they keep coming. And, like, now they're starting to iterate. So there's the, <laughs> there's the pop-up museum that is called the Museum of Plastic, which will teach the masses about plastic pollution okay. and the impact of single-use plastic water bottles. So that's cool. And then, of course, coming to Oakland, and I'm going to go on my very own uh, It's a Thing field trip to the 90s Experience Museum in Oakland, for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they clearly know that I'm going to have to because they have sent it sent me Instagram ads about it like one but trillion times. I'm I'm assuming that a replica of my 1995 Austin apartment <laughs> will be in, in that museum. <laughs> Have you been in touch with the curators? <laughs> uh, no, I'm sadly no. Uh, they need to reach out. I'm here, Tom Merritt at tommerritt.com. At tommerritt.com. Whenever you yeah, need no, me. it's. I mean, I was basically I was like, wow, this is the perfect confluence of things. The pop up museum mm-hmm, meets. Mm-hmm. 90s nostalgia yeah that's pretty great yeah i can't wait to hear will you give us the report back once you go oh absolutely yeah i might create like a special it's a thing instagram feed just for it oh do that yeah right okay it's a thing needs an instagram feed and this is the perfect reason to start oh man why do we have this already do, do we not? I kind of thought we I did. I don't think we do. Reason. And we could be we could be putting so many things on All the right, gram yeah, whenever no, we leave the there. house, which yeah. again is not often. <laughs> I, I, that's funny because I'm trying to remember. The other day I was somewhere and somebody was like, oh, and see, this is really good for your Instagrams. And I was just like, wow, that's just planned in. It is. To that's everything the, now. That's what the pop-up cider, the pop-up mm-hmm. cider, <laughs> the pop-up museum oh, oh, I remember literally was. would not exist if it were not for social media. We went to the Century City Mall. And there was a stars uh, exhibit, kind of a pop-up museum, now that I think about it, uh, of stars television shows. So they had a little room that had all of the, like, some costumes and props from Outlander. They had another Mm -hmm. one for American Gods. And, you know, they had, like, three or four for their shows. And that's where I heard somebody's like, yeah, we just, you know, it's made so that it's really Instagrammable. (laughs) Like. Oh, that's exactly what you're talking about. It was a pop-up museum for stars. Oh, my God. Hmm. Yeah, totally. It's a thing. <laughs> See yep. what I did yep. there? You're right. I, I found, uh, we'll have this in uh, on our website, uh, it's a thing.me, but Amanda Hess wrote about this, the pop-up experiential experience <laughs> in September when it became peak thing, and there's like the Rosé Mansion that was themed around pink wine and it is titled the existential void of the pop-up experience Mm. you know what like it may be like she's not wrong it is deeply dystopian and yet they're not going anywhere no they keep popping up anywhere (laughs) i see what you did there (laughs) uh the this next thing once again in our menagerie of things uh i think is a a check-in on the amplitude, we have definitely mm-hmm. mentioned this mm-hmm. before, whether on the show proper or in bonus episodes, I'm not sure, but uh, it is now it is now up a notch. Uh, oh, yeah. And I'm talking about Beyond Meat. Yeah. Which, yeah. surprising. In January, I would have said the Impossible Burger had the lead, right? But mm-hmm. Beyond Meat has now penetrated the consciousness. Every story I hear about 
meat replacements mentions Beyond Meat. Maybe yep. Impossible Burger, but always Beyond Meat. Carl's Jr. has a Beyond Meat burger. And I get, the, this is not mainstream, but I have a smart oven called the Tavala that you can order meals from. Uh, and they're good meals. They're they're like chef-made meals. They taste great. Uh, they're usually real healthy. You know, occasional mac and cheese and stuff, but, but you know, good stuff. And they have now partnered with Beyond Meat. Like, Beyond Meat is everywhere. Can you... Can you just back up one second to the smart oven that has a meal delivery service built into it? Oh yeah, no, it's the it's the disposable razor model for sure. I mean, that's a thing. And it's good. The, those meals are good. Is the meal kit service built into your oven? Yeah. I want that. I want that. And it's not meal kit like blue apron. It's you get delivered uh little aluminum things that have the food in it. And minimal oh. preparation, like, oh, sprinkle the cheese on there or pour the sauce on the salmon. You put it in the oven, you press, you scan a QR code from the box, and it cooks it. What? Please, mm-hmm. Could you please tell me that name brand again? That brand? <laughs> Tovala, T-O-V-A-L-A. V-A-L-L-A. No, oven. just one L, just one L. Oh, Tobala. Mm-hmm. I think DuckDuckGo will t- handle it for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rich says every three months I try to convince my wife that we need a Tovala. <laughs> Dude, uh, hilariously, even the search result blurb on the Tavala website talks about Beyond Meat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's their big thing. Like suddenly uh, I've, I saw it in because you pick your meals. If you're a subscriber to the meals, you go through and they have a big extensive list of all the stuff you can pick to have delivered. Mm-hmm. And it was like this week, brand new Beyond Meat. And they had like three selections. So we picked one. I'll let you know how it goes once we get them. Wow. But no, you're absolutely right. Like I definitely would have thought because Impossible Meat had their big Impossible Burger 2.0 launch at CES. Like it was like a tech story. Uh, And then Beyond Meat had its IPO. And I don't know if it's because they had an IPO, but it like it that did it. That did it. I should have known because Michael Wolf, a longtime tech reporter, is now specialized in food tech recently, put on Mm -hmm. sort of a a digital experience of food tech at CES, and they were serving Beyond Meat at that one. Not Impossible Burger. And I I should have known then. Fascinating. Yeah. $249 for the Tabala steam oven. I'm, I'm a little off the rails. A little bit. Um, yeah, I, yeah, honestly, I, I'm all for it and I heard it's great. I tried the impossible one meat replacement. It was delicious. Yeah. Um, I did read a story about how Burger King, some, some company, I shouldn't disparage which one it was, Mm. but it was a fast food. I think it was Burger King because it was Whoppers was basically just giving people real meat Whoppers when they had ordered Beyond Meat. It's a little tricky, like mixing that supply chain. I I don't think if you're a hardcore vegetarian that you should... (laughs) Trust. I thought about that the first time I ordered it because I ordered a a Beyond Burger from Carl's Jr. recently. And I was like, Mm -hmm. I wonder if I'm really going to get one. Like, I I wasn't worried about it personally, but because it was called the same thing as something else, I'm like, do you think they actually heard the word Beyond when I ordered it? But they did. It was definitely a Beyond Burger. So, what's amazing though is like it really because the thing is that there are a lot of people who don't aren't necessarily hardcore vegetarians, but just don't want to eat so much red meat or, you know. Right. Don't want or don't trust the quality of the meat or don't want the hormone meat at a fast food place. There's a story on CNBC that says the Impossible Whopper in particular boosted Burger King traffic by 18 percent. Here's the thing, though. I'm not convinced that these things are that great for you. (laughs) 
Like yeah. I've already seen one story and I'm waiting for more about, eh, is it made from a lot of vegetable oil? Uh, you know, while they may not have some of the cholesterol content, you know, they're not as good as actually eating plants. I, well, they're probably not as good as actually eating plants. I they're know not someone... a whole food. That's going to be the knock on them. They're also, let's see, the big vegan, I don't think is beyond, I don't want them if they are soy based, you know, I mm. think, I think some of them might be pea based. <laughs> the impossible burger uses that weird hemoglobin thing from mushrooms. Right. Uh, and so people are worried, like, I don't really, won't really know what this is and what its effects would be. That's one thing. But the beyond burger uses a lot of oil, like canola oh, really? oil, I think. Yeah. That's probably why everybody likes it so much. Mm-hmm. Totally. <laughs> However, all of that said, it's a thing. Yep. Like it is huge. I see it, people tweeting it all the time. And it's the kind of thing where just be so there's a difference. You make you raise just in time the perfect distinction that that we're still trying to sort of pinpoint perfectly on the show, which is like there's a difference between something being popular and in the news mm-hmm. and it being a thing. Like it, there's an acceleration of it, I think. Yes. That, that, that is the distinguishing factor. Yeah. And like a, a, an, inev- an inevitability or sort of an omnipresence. I guess maybe it's the omnipresence mm-hmm. where you're just like, God, why I is... I see it everywhere. Yeah, yeah. It's just like virality, actually. Like, mm-hmm. you know, when everybody, you're, everybody tries to figure out what is the magic formula that makes something go viral. Right. And that's really the question of like, what is the, the slight distinction between something being popular and something being a thing? And that that distinction is on full display right now with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> so like, true. I like I I was in the Discord before anybody else today and I opened the doc and I see this and I, I the, the people in the Discord can, can testify to this. I was like, oh my God, that's so good. Because like <laughs> 30 minutes before that, I had just been having an exchange about Keanu Reeves' beard with someone on Twitter. Yeah. And it's not just... That Keanu Reeves is in two movies right now. Mm -hmm. Like it's not it. it, Yes, it would make sense that Keanu Reeves would suddenly be in the news because John Wick 3 came out and he's also in Always Be My Maybe, which Mm -hmm. is like its own insane viral hit that I plan to watch as soon as the Warriors. And he plays a version of himself in it, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. That just sound hysterical. So, of course, like his machine is working for him. And his publicists and all of that. And yet it's more than that. It is the it is the ineffable more than that thing, which is that not only is he everywhere, everybody's talking about him. And everybody's just like, freaking Keanu Reeves. He's awesome. Yeah. He's so great. He's so and he's so funny. And he was like in the BuzzFeed thing where he was playing with the puppies and everybody's referring to him and they're all talking about his beard. And I saw this great tweet that said, Keanu Reeves is who Johnny Depp thought he would be when he grew up. <laughs> because he is sort of this like elder hipster mm-hmm. that is just somehow has like done it perfectly. He's aged perfectly. He has like adopted his own poor mistakes perfectly. He's transcended Bill and Ted. He like, well, and, and Eileen watched, awesome. my wife watched Always Be My Maybe. And from what she says, he just plays a mocking version of himself. Right. Like he 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 is secure enough in who he is to just be a ridiculous version of himself in a movie. Yeah. And like somehow somehow Keanu Reeves like should have ended up like screwed up child star. Yeah, right. 21 And he didn't street, at right? all. He just ended up awesome and he is like the guy that no one can stop talking about right now. 
I just feel like every time, in fact, you, you, to your point, like you tweeted something about beards and then meet, somebody you, responded to you and said something, something beard Keanu. And you were like, why are you subtweeting Keanu? Yeah. Well, I was, just, I was trying to be like, just man, tweet why him directly. Why, why are you subtweeting, man? Come on. Just at, at the boy. He deserves it's to cool. know. Adam. He's awesome. He's everywhere. He's a thing right now. Yeah. And I just feel like everywhere I turn, John Wick Keanu. is like a Bunsen burner under an already burning fire of Keanu Reeves, right? Like it, it's helping <laughs> raise that heat level, but that's, that's not, like you said, that's not the only reason. No, I don't know what it is. Like we have all decided all at once at this moment in time that we all love Keanu Reeves. In fact, I just saw a really great tweet when I just, I like searched Twitter for him and it's this woman tweeting Elizabeth Warren saying, <laughs> do you have a plan to fund a bronze statue in our nation's capital of beloved national treasure, Keanu Reeves? <laughs> Answer me this now. Answer me this. Uh, here's a tweet from June 5th. I know it's early, but I'm now in a monogamous relationship with 1987 Keanu Reeves with a bunch of pictures from 1987. Like, he's everywhere. Yeah. But, uh, here's one from June 5th. We must protect Keanu Reeves at all costs. Yeah. He's like, a national he's treasure. Just, he's him. He's him. The internet's outpouring of heartwarming. Oh my God, this is in the New Yorker. Keanu Reeves is too good for this world. The internet's outpouring of heartwarming encounters with Keanu Reeves is an antidote to everything that is wrong with the news cycle. I mean, the great <laughs> thing is, he is apparently, my sister-in-law used to work in casting uh-huh. and worked on the first Matrix movie. Like, nothing about this is put on. He is apparently sincerely a great human being. So it's kind of awesome to see him like get his, what was but this? it's also just Kookaburra, the level Was it of you who told me the story about him like hiring a car because some people like a plane got diverted and then canceled and like a bunch of people drove to LA with Keanu Reeves. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I didn't tell you that story, but she told me a story about how at the end of filming of the matrix, he like bought, leather jackets like fancy leather oh he bought leather jackets in the style of the matrix for the entire crew i think one of the things about keanu reeves is that he got made fun of a lot right there was there was the joke about whoa and canoe Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. some of that stemmed from bill and ted certainly Mm -hmm. um and he never he never reacted to it one way or another right you know, totally. he didn't play into it, nor did he, like, fight against it. He just kept being Keanu Reeves. And I think a lot of people finally respect, like, that is pretty great. Like, he's just him. Like, he's going to go on and be John Wick now. Great. That's awesome. Right. And then whatever else. You're just you. Yeah. You're just you. And apparently oh. he's there. He's going to be in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. That's the rumor kicking around now. What? No way. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, they. it's pretty fascinating. Like, he just is... He just is. You're totally right. There's something about the fact that he's been utterly deadpan and inscrutable the whole time. His and, affect have, has never changed. <laughs> and that has worked for him perfectly. Hilarious. Ooh, Keanu. Oh, Ke- oh, wow. Wow. You did. You did that. You went there. Hey, uh, you know what else we're going to do? I think possibly, <gasps> certainly since we returned from our long hiatus, uh, we have our first voicemail oh my god oh my god oh my god i am so excited yeah 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 so uh take it away jim hi tom and molly i started my current enterprise software sales job a year ago and immediately saw that in all the literature they describe custom software and customizations as bespoke systems 
I've been doing this for 30 years and we always called it custom or customizations. I thought it was because a lot of the folks in our marketing and development groups are in England and Scotland, but uh, I'm seeing it everywhere. Silicon Valley loves the word and I was wondering if it also has a correlation to the reviving of the cottage industries that technologies like internet commerce and 3D printing is driving. One company I like now is Ministry of Supply. They make a dress shirt I love out of the same fabric that's been used in sports athletic clothing. And now they have a robot that... Oh! Oh no, it died. Why did that happen? Uh, They have a robot. They have a robot. Jimmy, tell us the rest. He's actually in the chat room right now. What did the robot do? Why did that cut (laughs) off? I'm so sorry. (laughs) Bespoke this, bespoke that. There is a Josh T posted a link in the chat in the uh, in the Discord saying bespoke this bespoke that enough already. It makes uh, Jimmy a says the sweater. robot makes a bespoke sweater. Oh, fascinating! Yeah, you know, I'm kind of that's funny because the article about how bespoke needs to go away is from 2016, and yet <laughs> it is apparently if a robot makes it, can it really be bespoke? If it's made particularly for made, you, right? It's not it's the same custom. one every time. I guess it yeah. could be. I guess so. All right. Oh. Huh. huh. But yeah. Wow. I, I mean, if it's a thing to that extent, it's it, now it's just like parlance. Um, let's see. Jo- Jordan wrote to us and said, Utah Valley, this is not a surprise, is full of dry clubs and, quote, dirty soda shops. With Mormons not drinking alcohol, most all clubs and social halls do not even bother with a liquor license. What's a dirty soda shop? Uh, they use like Tarani syrup, like you do in Italian sodas. Oh, look at you. And you just put it Fancy. in a soda. Yeah. Oh, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Like a mixer. Hmm. I mean, I mean that makes sense. So. The, the idea that uh, Utah has no, uh, no bars is, of course, not true. I have drank right. many a bar in Salt Lake City. Uh, but mm. what Jordan's saying is also totally true, that uh, Mormons not drinking alcohol means that there are a lot of clubs and social halls that don't bother with a liquor license. Yeah. Well, it's cheaper for them. Yeah. I wonder if that, hey, I wonder if that's partly why dry bars are popping up. I mean, it makes it made sense for all the reasons that it made sense when we talked about it, which mm-hmm, is like not everybody mm-hmm. drinks and people don't necessarily want to. Right. But boy, is it a way cheaper way to open a, an establishment. That could be like Utah could have been the incubator that like proved the business model, right? Yeah, maybe. Totally. <laughs> hmm. huh. Interesting. Fascinating. Art in the Philippines. Salamat Art for uh, writing in. Says, here's my thing. Remember when things were not that big a deal? Well, now things are not that big of a deal. <laughs> Remember if you were like, wait, I missed that. <laughs> It used to be not that big a deal. Now it's not that big of a deal. Where did that superfluous of come from, says Art? I can't figure it out. And it's not just big of a deal. I've heard that additional of used in other similar phrases as well, except that my mind is currently addled by rose cider, rose cider. So I can't, I can't remember. Served in a universal wine glass and paired with some biltong and mayhaps a shakshuka platter. So I can't think of any others right now. But yes, that's superfluous of. That's my thing. If it's that any big of a deal. I want to throw a dinner party right now. (laughs) And it's a thing dinner party in which I serve rosé cider and a universal wine glass paired with some biltong and a shakshuka platter. (laughs) That's amazing. I'm there. I am so there. That is amazing. Not that big a deal. Not that big of a deal. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Yeah. That's one of those subtle changes. 
I have been fascinated by the evolution of the word mortified, which in my mind, at least, used to just mean pure humiliation. Mm-hmm. I was mortified. Right. But now sure. means kind of any sort of broad, like, discomfort. Like, oh, I didn't, so like, people use it to mean, intensity? like, I didn't want to, no, more like, I didn't want to bungee jump. I was totally mortified. Oh, right. Because you're not humiliated. Right. Like, people use it to mean, like, horrified and scared. So it's widened in its, it's, widened in its usage. A lot. Okay. And I'm always like, are you dumb? Or is that word changing? It's a, it's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, my dog got away and I thought it was going to bite this woman. I was mortified. Yeah. Which yeah. isn't quite Which is humiliated. Yeah. Right. Yes. That's exactly the usage. It's really subtle. It's a subtle morphing. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but uh, Art, if you want us to judge people who say not that big of a deal, just, you know, for solidarity, <laughs> we will. It's a thing court <laughs> will go into session. It's a thing court will go into session. We will judge. Um, Matt writes it. We actually got a lot of very thoughtful feedback about our conversation about anxiety, which mm-hmm. I really appreciated, um, including one tweet that was like, yep, that's happening. And Matt's longer email, which wrote in, who he wrote in, said, I think what you're seeing is a combination of a few different things. I know I've seen in a few places that younger folks are more likely to have mental health diagnoses. Millennials, sure, but especially Gen Z. Hmm. And he says, I think one of the biggest factors here is that talking openly about your mental health struggles is a huge thing right now. It fits in alongside all of these other empowerment narratives that we see happening everywhere. I grew up with a family member who had to fight to have her anxiety disorder treated as a real health issue by her family. And that's why I think this is amazing. I think what you're seeing is the previous two things combined to affect the way the modern way that people talk about stress and the word depressed has uh, already been similarly Mm -hmm. colloquialized. As you all mentioned, it causes some issues of claiming anxiety or depression without a formal diagnosis, but I'm glad to hear that Tom thinks it's a net positive. I agree. Also, Crazily enough, since we just mentioned the ghost brand Palm, (laughs) Matt's PS says, anytime someone mentions WebOS, I have a very distinct memory of listening to you all talk about the Palm Pre on BOL while walking to a class in college. Oh my gosh. Are we a ghost brand? You know, my TV runs WebOS. What? I have the LG TV that runs WebOS as its smart TV platform. And I just kind of love that. Every once in a while I think Aww. about that. I'm like, oh, look, Palm. Yeah, I like, pretty. I, I go, I, I go pull out my old, uh, my Palm E that's dead. And I hold it up. I'm like, look, it's your progeny. I still have my trio, <laughs> my Palm trio 850. And I just will never get rid of it because I loved it so much. I think that was the, that was the smartphone. My son asked me like, what's your favorite phone that you ever had? And I was like, my Palm trio. Because it just, it freed me in a way that is now a curse, right? Like we now yeah, we, are, sure. we have omnipresent yeah. internet, blah, blah, blah. But the trio was the device that freed me from the desk. Yeah. And I was just like, boop, boop, boop. I can do anything. Like I can just like type away on this thing. And I have this pretty amazing photo of me like in a hospital bed with my big old belly and uh. like a strap around <laughs> monitor, like about to be induced to give birth to my child. And I'm on my trio. Well, you still had your trio then. That's crazy yeah. to think about. 2007. Wow. Because like literally yeah, my, yeah. Ch- my child and the iPhone were born at practically <laughs> the same time. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm thinking is, at this point your child has the lead. I, I mean, both of them changed my world. That's for damn sure. Yeah, right. I got to say, though, this is making this whole conversation is making me wonder if we ourselves are a ghost brand. 
It's a thing is a little bit of a ghost brand because it went away and it came back. That's true. We're yeah. the revival of a ghost brand. We ghosted you for a couple of years there. Yeah. Apologies for know. that, but we're back I don't back know why now. my dog is, is, uh, has so many thoughts about our show today. Uh, so you know what, though? We have a few dogs in the audience, both of them mine, and they appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> I'm surprised they're not talking back. I want to get in on it. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's love with you guys. Um, hey, thanks, guys. We've mentioned the Discord several times in this episode because we are basically engaged in a live chat while we're recording. And if you would like to join in, become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash it's a thing. You can connect your Patreon account to your Discord and you just like go to discord.com. This is magic, actually. That this guy they had to like show me. And it just shows up. Bada bing. It's yeah. a thing. You do the connection, done. I made a rhyme. Um <laughs> And, of course, it is your way to support the show directly. And like we said, if we get to 1,000, maybe we can buy a ghost brand. We're pro- we got a lot of new patrons <laughs> last week, uh, I think we because did. we made such a big deal about the pre-show. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed the bonus show. And uh, thank you. Welcome. And join us in yes. the Discord. Thank you. Welcome. We really should have done CBD as a proper episode because I, of course, immediately then heard like a NPR story about what a big deal it was. And I was like, oh, we nailed it. But... There you go. You'll be even more ahead of the curve with the bonus content. And you can keep emailing us things, uh, even if you're in the Discord. Email us mm-hmm. feedback at it's a thing.me. And send us your voicemails. <laughs> yes, thank you, Jim, for that. Thanks, Jim. Voicemails. We'll talk to you again next time. Bye, guys. <laughs> This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.